Hey there, welcome to the Ben Learns About Everything podcast, a podcast where we learn more about the world, businesses, each other, and it's just a really great place to expand your understanding of things. Today I have a guest who graduated from Cornerstone University. Um, He's working at VNN doing advertising and websites, um, and he also started his own nonprofit. I've got David Murphy with me today. Hey David, how you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here, Ben. Thanks for coming. And, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about starting the nonprofit, which you did, mm-hmm. which is called Man on Fire. You can find it at manonfire4thenumberc.com. Um, what was the idea behind starting this nonprofit, and how did you go about, you know, the beginnings of it? For Man on Fire, I met a man named Antonio, and he told me. Uh, this vision that he had called Man on Fire. And for me, that tied really into what I wanted to do, which was use the game of basketball, which I spent a lot of time, played here at Cornerstone for a bit. And I wanted to take that and use it as a way to, to do ministry, to impact lives, but I didn't really know how. And so when Antonio told me about his vision called Man on Fire, it lined with everything I wanted to do, which was uh, youth development through sports, tutoring, whatever gifts that we have. So beginning of my junior year, we decided that we wanted to become a nonprofit. And since I was a business student, I took on the challenge of becoming a 501c3, which is the status you need for a nonprofit. And I had no idea what it meant. So I went to my professors and they helped me out. They looked up some things, got some documents for me, and I started my process on becoming a 501c3. So the first part was the Articles of Incorporation. And it seems like an easy one to two page document, but it's not. So I sent this thing probably three times and it got sent back telling me that I got the wrong wording. Oh no, okay. So I had to get help from another organization. We ended up uh, paying some to get some of the wording for us down. A lot of times people will use uh, lawyers or people who know the law uh, to, to get that wording down. So we paid this organization and they helped us out some, but there was still a lot of work that needed to get done. Getting our um, the different licenses so that we could accept donations. Um, and then the different statuses that we need because we got to get the 501 and then we got to get the C3 part. So that was a long process. It took me about seven months and there were many discouraging moments where I thought, I'm not going to get this down. (laughs) But in April of my junior year, we became a 501 C3 and we had our uh, charitable solicitations license, which means we could accept donations. And that was, that was the beginning of something that has really taken off and really grown. But one of the main things for a business or a nonprofit is building a team. So like I said, nothing great can be done alone. If, if you're just going to do something on your own and call it a business, it's not really a business. It's more of a, it's more of a hobby that makes money. A business really involves others, and that's why 
as good as as business classes are, there needs to be more uh, relational training in a sense. Because what you'll see a lot is the leaders of, of businesses, they know, they know their stuff, they know the business, they know all, all the terminology, all the strategies, but they're also really good with people. They know how to motivate people and it's not just off of, from a book of <laughs> how to motivate people. Uh, they actually put people in places that they can get more work done, that they can be themselves and at the same time help the, the business, the organization. And so for Man on Fire, we are blessed to have um, people who, who believe in it and, um, and we are, to have a team where, where we have experts in different fields is huge. Experts in different fields on the same mission together, right? That's, that's any organization. That's the necessity. And so we've gotten to the place where we've trained over 300 different basketball players in Michigan, Indiana. And then um, we've tutored probably around 50 different kids. And then we have what we call our tribe. And those are 12 kids that we intentionally pour into beyond the basketball court, beyond the classroom, but into their lives. And that's where, that's some of the most rewarding moments is those, those relationships that grow, having influence on uh, someone else's life in a positive way is super rewarding. And so, yeah, for Man on Fire, um, there have been a lot of struggles because we're a growing organization and there are parts where uh, we lack and that um, there's a lot of learning. I know for myself it's been a humbling road uh, facing, or not facing, but going to our board um, and not having the answers, not having any answers for their questions because of either not knowing or yeah, it's just straight up ignorance a lot of time because I'm like just graduated from college, and um, yeah, so we have some like experienced people on our board, so it's been super helpful and I'm very thankful for it. But it's also been like a humbling road. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I really like what you said about you know being in a team and how important the team is. So, do you want to go into how big the team is right now? Um, you know, the core team and then the team you work with as well. Right. So we have three main people who are our core. It's myself, Antonio, and um, a young lady named Hillary, who is a teacher. And so Antonio is the, the CEO and one of the trainers. And then I am the director of finance and operations and then also a trainer. And then um, our teacher is in charge of our torch initiative, which is our tutoring, and then she helps out in a lot of di other different areas. And that core has been there since the start, and we understand Man on Fire inside and out. We also have an intern this year uh, named Ryan Reerk, and he actually goes to Cornerstone. And he has helped out a lot, and he'll be helping a lot out with some of the infrastructure of, of Man on Fire and um, getting our communication systems better. And then we also have many 
probably about five, five to six other volunteers who come in and out, and we have to um, be strategic and, and smart about how we manage how we manage that. Yeah, yeah, that's a really strong team. It sounds like, especially having you know the three of you together, and then a lot of support around that. Um, it's cool to see you already bringing in interns, you know what I mean? And like yeah. bringing up the next um, group of people to be able to do things like you are. Um, do you want to go a bit more into, you know, the goals of Man on Fire? I know you said you really want to pour into lives of people who are playing basketball mm-hmm. and then also students. Um, was that Antonio's idea? And what does that look like, you know, in a tangible way? Mm-hmm. So I'll just give you our our vision is um, creating opportunities for youth development so that young people can discover their gifts and serve others. And really that's where we're trying to go. We're trying to create more opportunities for youth to discover their gifts, to see what, what their strengths are, what they're good at, how God has uniquely made them. And then... Um, use those gifts for more than themselves and serving others and for basketball that's one of the ways we do individual training and so we help people we help youth get better at the game of basketball we have several of our players going to play college next year and so we are getting them better and getting them ready for the next level but at the same time some of our more experienced uh, players that we've trained for a while, we ask them to also train our younger players. And that way, using basketball as a way to serve others. Similarly, with our tutoring, we, um, we have a specific time where we have tutoring for elementary all the way up to high school. And then we also ask our high schoolers to help out those younger than them uh, with that tutoring. We have some other visions of um, other initiatives called Exploration of Arts, and that will be uh, more on the artistic side where we have people um, conducting cooking classes, teaching music, um, and different painting. Uh, one of the cool things about the music part is basically after, if a youth sticks with the music throughout the music lessons throughout the year at the end of the year they get to keep the instrument so that's like one of our that's one of our things that we want to get going we have the plans for it but really uh, we just don't have the initiative leader to lead that yet and that's again um, part of the team building we we could start it now but we couldn't do it well and that's what we got to also be mindful of is doing the things that we are doing doing them well with excellence so that we're not we're not dropping the ball anywhere, and um, and so that we can actually grow and not spread ourselves thin, doing being busy with a lot of little things. Right, I think it's really good to have you know a specific direction you're going in, and like you said, just like leaning on the strengths which you guys and your interests as well, um, which you have, and using that to grow. So, sounds like at the core of it, it's really all about mentoring you know, the core team and then the supporters, mentor, um, you know, kids and students who then go on to mentor other kids and students and kind of, it sounds like just a lot of community building in in a way. Um, You're empowering people 
um, to be doing more than they are doing now, and then also training people up, um, which is awesome. Is, have you had any success so far? You said some of the kids are going into college, and that's really good um, playing already. Do you have a story of someone who's you know done really well and with the program, and, and what does that look like? Yeah, so I'll tell you about one. His name's Amari, and Amari has been training with us since um, since he was probably either in eighth grade or a freshman, and he's now a senior. And he's gotten really good. He's gotten uh, offers from colleges all the way up to Division One and all throughout. And this past year, uh, well, this past a month, just over a month ago, Amari tore his ACL, and he's out for the season, out for the year. And some of the colleges backed out on him. Some are still offering. But one of the cool things is um, Amari is still part of Man on Fire. So he is part of our tribe, which is the core group of kids that we intentionally pour into, 12 kids. And he is still, he's coming to our um, tribe dinners, which is once a month. He's um, staying in contact with myself and um, other Man on Fire staff and then other kids within, other youth within Man on Fire. And so what's cool is seeing how Man on Fire become, is more than just basketball training. It goes into, um, it becomes family. And that's what a lot of those tribe members um, have said, is that it feels like family. And that's what we really want. We want to create, so it starts at a high level where when we train or when we have an event, we're just inviting kids into a safe place. And that's really what it is. It's a place where they can just get away some, from some of the hard parts of life. Um, but we don't expect a deep relationship with them right away. It's more just a safe place. And then we invite them to maybe some more training or some tutoring. And then we kind of get to know them a little bit better. And then as time goes on, if those relationships are progressing, then we invite them into tribe. And those are that, that core group. And that core group is family. We pour into them, but then we also ask of them to pour into others, to pour into each other, and to, to start leading some, some more within Man on Fire. And that's kind of, this is in a way, it's kind of this funnel. Um, but that's how we try to be intentional about our relationships. So it's cool is to see um, some, an organization do that. And it's been hard because I thought a lot of, a lot of times about uh, the necessity of Man on Fire to be a nonprofit, whether that is a necessity, whether. Um, one of the hard parts about a nonprofit is being based off of donations. Basically, when the generosity of others dies and the mission dies, and I'm not a fan of that. So, for me, I've been thinking, I've been strategizing of ways that we can make Man on Fire um, a, more of a business. Not necessarily having to make a lot of profit, um, but what I want is for Man on Fire to be able to generate wealth to the point where after our kids graduate, after our youth graduate or go out of college, that we can offer them a job, right? Where um, we can offer them scholarships, where the mission of Man on Fire doesn't die because it's self-sustaining. And so there, I've had different uh, strategies as far as maybe some of our fire training, our basketball training, 
um, having that at more of a rate um, to kind of generate and kind of the idea being um, I give you I give you something of value and in return you give me something else of value so a lot of times that is money right but not everyone has money um, or that kind of money to spend but at the same time they do have something to offer and if you can't find something to offer then you're calling them like impoverished poor having nothing to give and there's nothing worse than to think you have nothing to give that's you have no value so i'm trying to figure out more and more how do i how do i um allow others to contribute who maybe don't have that monetary value to give um and so some of that can just be different ways of serving and um and really, one of the main things behind that is um, also, like, if I do something for free, then that means I'm being generous. But if it's constant generosity, then I'm really keeping you at a certain place. And so, nonprofits, like, the nonprofit status is really good because it gives people an opportunity to be generous. And we all need to be generous, but at the same time, we all, we need to also be able to, um, ask others for for value for what we're doing and giving them value in return so yeah that's yeah kind of- that's really interesting like the dynamic which is going on there um and i think that's something that you know i haven't thought about before especially where you know being a nonprofit could actually hold you back because um, i think often when i hear it posed it's like you know there's a lot of free money out there to be you know acquired because People do want to, you know, reach their tax exemptions, and um, I think that's how I, how I've heard it framed a lot before. So it's really interesting to see, like, you know, um, your business can only grow as much as people are willing to be generous to it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of hard to hear in some ways too. Um, so, what what are the sorts of people who are interested in donating to this right now? Then is it people who want to see communities flourish. That's kind of the people I'm thinking of right now. But is there, you know, some sort of common denominator there between the people who are giving right now? So honestly, right now, so we're a year and a half years old. And a lot of the donations come from um, people that we know, people that believe in us. Um, We're not at the point yet where we can uh, consistently ask for people to believe in the mission and us living out the mission. We're getting to that point because we're actually living out that mission more and more, and so we can share about how we have. But at the same time, right now, a lot, a lot of those people are people who, have, who trust us personally, whether it's myself or Antonio, or some even some even the kids and what um, what Man on Fire has done for their lives. So it's relatives of the people that we're training, friends of the people we're training, and seeing how it's how our training is more than just basketball. So right now it's it's a pretty small circle, um, but again that's kind of a good thing right now because we need to we need to build that core team 
we need to spend time getting good at what we're doing before we expand because like many other things there's lots of opportunity for advertisement for getting your name out but if we can't do what we're doing well and sustainably then more money isn't isn't going to help right it's going to add confusion yeah that's that that's a really good point you're bringing up um you know new it does seem like it's quite sizable for a year and a half you know i know a lot of year and a half companies which are still one or two people and so um i can kind of see how there's probably a lot of systems which you still need to put in place and just a lot of figuring out like you know what is this organization um on a lot really minute level right um so that's that's really cool as well for you to be exploring i really liked what you said earlier about the goal of getting people into the tribe um and you said there's 12 people right now in that um group who's kind of gone through the funnel is that limited to any sort of size yeah so the tribe is limited to 12 people we want to be um 12 people is a good number to where we can pour into each of their lives anymore and people start slipping through the cracks and we'll forget about somebody or we won't have time for somebody but it's not limited to one tribe. So we eventually want to have multiple tribes, but at the same time, once again, that depends on our, our own team because our team has committed, those who are running Manfire have committed to pouring into these 12, right? But we can't pour into more kids if, we don't, if our team isn't bigger. So we'll have tribes of 12 around because that's a really good number and it goes from sixth grade to 12th grade. And so there's um, some different seasons right there, but uh, coming together, they kind of learn from each other, have opportunities to lead, have opportunities to see good role models um, and have like a closer family. Cause once it gets bigger then um, even that, that intimacy within the tribe kind of um, washes away. And so we'll eventually hope to have more than one tribe. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. I like the, you know, if there's 12 and then there's three of you in the core, then you're looking at really mentoring four people um, really specifically. So what are some of the interactions you've had within that tribe? You mentioned that you do dinners. I heard that. Um, what are some other things you do specifically with the that group? Yeah, so tribe is in charge of planning blaze. So we have, we have different uh, fire things. So we call... Because um, man on fire. So we have fire training, which is basketball. We have torch, which is tutoring. And then we have blaze, which is our once a month fun event. Oh, awesome. And so really that's just a time to have for adults and youth to have fun together in a safe place. And that's where our tribe has the opportunity to lead. So they plan it and they execute it. And we just kind of help them along the way. And so we've done um, knocker ball. Okay, I've heard of that before. Okay. So what is it? Or bubble soccer? Okay, yeah, I yeah, know what okay, it is. Yeah. You wear yeah, you like wear a big those. inflatable. Yep, and it's crazy. And you play soccer. Yeah, right? you play okay. soccer or you just knock other people. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> um, we have uh, had we've had basketball tournaments. We've had uh, gingerbread house making. Um, we had a two K tournament. Um, we've gone rollerblading. 
this upcoming one, we're going to do pumpkin carving. And so really that's, that's up to the tribe uh, to come up with ideas and we kind of just facilitate that time, but they're the ones coming up with the ideas and executing that. And that gives them opportunity to lead. Um, so the, they're in charge of, of planning that and then being there uh, for the event and then also inviting their friends. We found that <laughs> if you want to talk marketing, um, that uh, they have a lot more influence than we do. So one of our Blaze events uh, was a three-on-three -three basketball tournament in a park during the summer. And we sent out flyers to so many schools and we, had, we were handing out stuff and like, here, come to this event happening, um, whatever, June 7th, and uh, we're going to have food and everything. And so we, when we got... When we set up, we were so prepared. We had all the food um, for over 100 kids. And uh, we had volunteers there to help. And uh, we had the court. And about 12 people showed up. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that hurt. That really hurt. That was, that was, so that was June after, um, so like, Two months, two months after we became a nonprofit. Okay. okay. Um, and so that that was a hit. That was a hard hit, and, and a failure. Um, but what we learned from that is that our our own youth, the youth that we have been in, um, investing in, they have a lot more influence as far as getting kids, other youth, their friends, to events. So now we really we'll like put some things on social media. Hey, we're having this event. But we really lean into our tribe members inviting their friends. And so we've had a lot of events where we're like, where we have like 50 kids um, in like one gym, um, which like can be a little crowded, but that's like, that's a good number. That's kind of what we want. That's around the amount that we want. And really, like, we didn't invite any of them. We put it up to our tribe, and they're the ones in charge of that. I like that a lot. That's um, something I think a lot of people can use in different fields as well. So that's like a nice um, takeaway. Um, but yeah, that it would be really hard to, you know, go through all the energy of um, promoting and then, you know, things don't work out sometimes. And I think we don't really hear about those stories, but they happen, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, so, they do. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that one, especially. Um, so that's really cool. Um, I'm really liking what, what you guys are doing now that I kind of understand how it works. Um, it's really all about mentorship, about community, mm -hmm. um, pouring into other people, and then just like letting that continue um, so that people can become better at sports, mm -hmm. um, find value in the things that they're doing, or um, on the other end, become better at tutoring um, as yeah. well, right? So is this something which happens on weekdays generally then, or is it a weekend thing? So that kind of depends on the season. So uh, Torch, our tutoring, happens throughout the school year every single Wednesday at 4.30 to 5.30. So it's only an hour segment. Um, and then our basketball training, our fire training, um, a lot of it is on Saturdays and some after school. But that's during the school year. When we're doing summer, we're training six days a week. Um, some of those days, there were, there were, yeah, my Tuesday, Thursdays, 
this past summer, I started, we started training at 7.30, and sometimes we wouldn't end until 8 p.m. Wow. So the yeah. summer is really the push. That's yeah, when because that's when everyone's off-season, everyone's trying to get better. And, yeah, there's a lot of kids trying to, trying to get some training. So if, if you were just playing basketball at school, and then you didn't become part of something like Man on Fire, you'll feel it when you come back into the school year, and the kids who've done it are better. You know, they've been playing. Right. six days a week and um i'm sure you just learn so much and get better and um, right and that's that's also another like cool aspect just even about the um the training part that equates to other parts of life and i've already said is um like not doing anything alone someone else a trainer who's already gone through their um career can get you a lot further a lot faster than you could get yourself so really like you don't you don't know what you don't know and so a trainer um, like myself or Antonio, uh, we've, we've studied the game of basketball. We've, been, we've played at um, high levels, Antonio even more than myself. And, and we've gotten others to um, higher levels than even we've played. And really that's because that's we're able to, um, to teach and to challenge um, intentionally uh, to another, towards another level. And so... Yeah, training training will get you so much further than you can on your own, um, and that's that's kind of that's a really cool thing that like that it's set up that way because otherwise everyone everyone would try to do it themselves and that lead towards isolation and not community. So even the fact of training can lead towards community, which is like what we're trying to do, right? Yeah, we're trying to build those relationships we're trying to invite them something into a better place in a sense yeah that's awesome i yeah i just i'm pretty excited about it now you know <laughs> i didn't know that much before and you know now i'm seeing it coming together um so that's that's cool is there anything else you want to let us know about that um i also want to ask you a bit about the paperwork for doing a nonprofit because mm. i'm just curious i know it's a really big process so if you had anything else to you know talk about with man on fire um just let me know um i think that's it for now okay yeah. cool so let's let's dive into um you know starting a nonprofit. i know uh, that you did that i've i've heard many many stories about just um the amount of work which goes into it um i i know for you saying seven months felt like a really long time um, to me that seems pretty quick I, <laughs> I think if I wanted to to start when it would take me a lot longer just because I'm not you know really familiar with it and it might become easy to get um, burnt out trying to work through that so do you some advice have some advice for people looking to start a nonprofit where's a good place for them to start and then we can get into the specifics after that yeah so I would start with someone who knows business. For me, it was my professors. Okay. Uh, they were able to kind of give me a layout of steps to take, um, and I trusted them. Because if I had gone onto the internet and looked up steps for nonprofit to create a nonprofit, I don't know if I would have believed it. Right, right. right. Um, that those were the steps that I wasn't missing anything. Mm -hmm. But because of the fact that my professors uh, laid it out for me, I was I trusted that and um, was able to kind of 
focus on that and not worry about anything else missing. Right. So you've got some nice goals, steps um, to go through. One yeah. of the things which you you mentioned, the first thing um, which you were working on was the Articles of Incorporation. Mm -hmm. Is that right? What is what is that all about, and what do most people include in that? Yeah, so the Articles of Incorporation is it's a straight-up document I can show you. Um, and really, um, what what you do is you you have your you have your name, um, and then you have your purpose of your organization. And um, this is the part, the purpose part, is where the wording really matters. Um, and so this includes your mission statement. Um, so that that part, um, they can't say no. That's a bad mission statement, right? Like that's up to you. Um, but then there are parts like no part of the net earnings of the organization shall inure to the benefit of or be distributed to its members, trustees, officers, or other private persons. So really what that means is that it's, it's a nonprofit, that no one, none of the board members are, are getting paid. Um, and then it also talks about assets and how um, none of the assets uh, belong to any person but they belong to the organization. Talks about investors, how no, no one owns a nonprofit. There are no owners of a nonprofit. But it says it in like really tough words. Right, the jargon is <laughs> yeah, just very like legal, you right? You couldn't come up with these things, right? Okay. Um, yeah, and then the other parts, like other parts look really simple. Like you just, you have yourself sign, someone else sign, um, and then, um, and then just some little minute details. Um, another part is applying for your employer identification number, which is... Oh, right. Um, and you need to do that if you're starting a regular business or a nonprofit. Is mm -hmm. that, I think you need it for both, right? You do. You do. Um, just so that you can have employees. And that's not as hard. Um, that document is, is more straightforward um, and is easier to understand. Um, then there's some other parts that are just conflict of interest policies. Uh, you gotta create your bylaws, and that's a tough one um, because that that's kind of like how your organization runs within itself. And really, a lot of this, interestingly enough, um, you can do the things that a nonprofit does without all this, right? Like no one's right. gonna stop you from doing basketball training, or someone even just giving you money to do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but where this all like made sense and like and I was so like I felt the most might have been just pride but joy uh, and like so like I had accomplished was when we went to the bank and we opened up a bank account in Man on Fire's name and they asked us for all these things like our registration our charity solicitation license our um, articles of incorporation our bylaws which we create ourselves um, and we handed them everything, and they didn't ask for anything more. And they're like, "All right, you're set. We got it. Like here you go." And we had we created our bank account. Like, oh, that's what it was all for. You did it. <laughs> Having you know? a bank account, really? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And really, um, we did have the help of the or another organization that we paid to get some of that wording right, and kind of also set up our bylaws, um, which also just kind of talk about. Nonprofit in general, some conflict conflict of interest policies, um, and then we can add to the bylaws 
as well our board can add to the bylaws as they choose and that's okay. kind of how the organization will run within itself that kind of that infrastructure and policies that's awesome and yeah. i just like i know there's a whole <laughs> whole world behind that and so um you know thanks for for teaching us that too how did you guys decide to go about getting the board set up then because you mentioned it earlier and then i you know i just heard it again how did that come about so a lot of that was also personal connections but it was people of um either experience or or leadership um that we really wanted to um have a part in advising um us and how we conduct how we um lead man on fire and really, our board has been incredible because uh, some boards um, are kind of just there for namesake. Like you have to have a board to have a nonprofit, and um, our board has really been invested. They meet once a month um, via video call, and they discuss what Man on Fire is doing. They they really keep us accountable, which is really good. They make sure that we're living into our mission, our vision, and then especially our values. And we had to come up with a value implementation strategy for everything that we are doing. So we have four key values. Um, relationship, what we are created for. Um, correction, and that being within relationship, and that being like the highest form of love. If I see you doing something wrong, in a sense, like I'm gonna help you lead you back to the correct way, in a sense. Um, that's a very simple way of saying it. Um, and then integrity, our uh, guiding principle, and then um, diversity in our, meaning our expression in community. And so we had these values and we really believe them and spent a lot of time in them uh, creating these or choosing these values. But then our board really kept us accountable in making sure that every single initiative was living those out um, in one way or another. So a board can really, like, they can really, because they have an outside view and because um, our board are like experts and leaders, um, they can really help lead us and, um, and make sure that um, we're doing it like with the right heart in a sense. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So the board and your business, if it's a good relationship, can really work well together. Right? Yeah. And, and so that's tough sometimes because sometimes it just feels like, man, the board's not even like, they're not here doing the hard work and they're gonna tell me what to do. Right. But at the same time, it is so helpful and necessary because um, because they do have an outside view, they can see if something doesn't like smell right, right? Or like <laughs> if if yeah, you're off on something or you're being um, like taking the easy route in a sense. Yeah, and so I am I am thankful for the board that we do have. Yeah, that's awesome and. You know, I, I've heard about boards in, in much larger companies and kind of the idea of how that works. So it's also fun to hear about it, you know, on a smaller scale and um, and how that works as well. So, yeah, I really do appreciate you, you sharing that as well. So, yeah. yeah, it's been really fun learning from you today. We learned a lot about Man on Fire, and people can definitely check out the website if they want to know even more about what you're doing, um, which is manonfire4c.com. And um, we also went into a bit of the legality of becoming a nonprofit and maybe some of the benefits of doing that, but also um, the fact that you can still do business 
with a nonprofit mindset as right. a for-profit business. Right, and really like the main part of that is mission focused, right? Um, any business has the ability and potential to be mission focused, but the distraction of profit can get in the way sometimes. But that doesn't mean the profit is bad. It just means that the mission needs to be focused on more. Yeah, so it's a lot in the way you structure it, and I guess being really intentional um, about that too. So, yeah, I really want to thank you for taking some time with me today, and um, I hope people learned a lot too.